0: finding love, and friendship on the road. Next on Remote Space. Hello? Uh,
1: yeah, right. I'm sending that over in an hour. The meeting today?
0: Another one? Hold on one sec. Enough! (laughs) Working from home,
1: not as much fun as you imagined? Remote Space explores the tools and philosophies we use as we work more remotely. We'll talk to experts who have mastered remote work, those studying the shift in how we work, and those learning on the run.
0: Here's your host, Doug Thomas. Aline Dahlman quickly found out she liked the digital nomad life, the ability to live in other countries while working online. However, Finding friends and relationships was tough since online apps aren't really set up for nomadic travelers. That led her to co-find Nomad Soulmates, an online community for singles looking for friends and romantic partners as they work and travel. Aline, when we talk about digital nomads and being on uh, location independent, as you call it, I'm curious, a few years ago, as you started off, as other people started off, what were some of the struggles or what are the struggles that people have when they are in a place they like, they're doing work they like, but they're just trying to meet people?
1: I remember when I started as a remote worker, it was about six, seven years ago, and then it was quite a challenge to figure out where do nomads go, what are the hubs. Like it's I feel like it's really when it started, okay, like where where do people gather? And so just meeting community, just meeting like minded people was a struggle, especially when you're just starting out. For me, I was still at home and kind of tied to a few things back home. So it wasn't an easy jump to, you know, go travel and go to places and meet people. So for me, I was super glad that I could connect with some some like-minded people in Berlin. But even to travel to Berlin, it's for me a six hour train ride from from my home. So you know, that was a, a big thing. But I mean connecting online was always more the easier route but especially when you're starting out and want to make human connections then it was a bit trickier to actually get there
0: (laughs) right so you're so is it your first time uh you were going to berlin where were you living at the time before you decided to be a digital nomad and go to berlin
1: so I was, um, or I'm living, my parents live in a small, tiny village in South Germany. It's called Zeitingen Oberflach. It's super tiny. And it's where I grew up. And I was traveling before then as a backpacker, but I came back home and, you know, trying to start the study or a training and that really didn't work out.
0: And again, a lot of times, and we probably just go in a little bit of what digital nomads are, they are people that are usually working in technologies, their computer, that they can earn a living and conduct their life in other places, as we, the, the term we use is location independent. So you can work from Berlin if you have a job that can be working remotely online, which we'll get into because the world has certainly changed in the last year about how people think about that. And then you can go other places. In fact, in six, seven years, where are are some of the places you've been besides Berlin?
1: I went directly to Thailand because I heard that Chiang Mai was an ongoing hub for nomads and remote workers. And so I really wanted to check that out. And um, I've been in Thailand as a backpacker before, but in other areas. And so now I wanted to check out Chiang Mai and Koh Lanta, And that was amazing because, again, there was the first few encounters with other remote workers. Some of them I already met in Bali in that uh, Berlin conference. And so it was nice to actually reconnect with some of them. And then my journey further out went to uh, New Zealand, Australia. Although there I wasn't really going and looking into remote work it was more though also for for travel purposes and and having fun
0: but that's some of the things about these types of jobs that you're you're doing you can pick up side jobs that you can mix that travel with pleasure and and be able to have it more free versus putting a date on the calendar and knowing that you're going to leave for a certain vacation i mean to me that's some of the the, the calling that I see when we've talked to a few of the, these folks when they deal with that kind of stuff, that it blends that work and pleasure at the same time.
1: Absolutely. I'm so grateful for this actually, because you get also a lot of insights in what else is out there, you know, and, and get very inspired by, like, I was just about to, you know, looking out for remote job opportunities or in general, I was also working a little bit as a nanny in New Zealand. So I I was 19 and I really wanted to know which areas to interest me. And so, yeah, that was a great, definitely great opportunities. And so further on, I went to Bansko in Bulgaria and uh, that is a great nomad hub now as well. So, yeah, a couple of places in Europe, France, Italy and then (laughs) eventually Bali.
0: Bali, and which is funny because I've we've interviewed three people, two of which are living in Bali when I interviewed them, and one lived in Bali for two years. So I know it's a hotspot, and one is it's tropical, but two, it's also known as like having some of the best internet in the area, if I if that's what most people say. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. From all the islands, Bali is probably the one with the best internet connection.
0: Great. Um, so let's get into uh, Nomad Soulmates uh, that you co-founded. That is this way of, and we've put to say, it's if someone's interested in digital nomads, yours is not the stop. Yours is not the first stop along the way to learn about that stuff. But this is for people who are travel who are trying to get connected to to friends and and potential mates, uh, but do it in a way that's not just dealing with dating apps, which don't deal with people that want to travel all the time like nomads, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Nomadsomads really is a community for single remote workers and digital nomads. And it's exactly actually what came out of me traveling to Berlin, um, where I met many other people and we discussed a lot about what it's like to be dating as a nomad, how to maintain relationships, just also friendships, because... When you travel and um, living this more mobile lifestyle, then it's a bit more difficult to maintain meaningful relationships. And so that was very important for me that I saw the future back then already in remote work. This is something people want to do. And so how do we cultivate relationships and how do we still live a meaningful relationships in our lives?
0: There's sites that you can go to um, at Nomad Soulmates and there's Facebook page. And soon you'll have an app uh, that will be able to connect folks off their phones. And, you know, I'm too old to say, hey, I know about dating apps. I mean, I know about them, but I haven't worked with them. What's, what's some of the connections that you deal with with your area that you're looking at likes and interests that would match people up, but also locations of where they, where they are, where they want to go? At one point, I saw something where you talked about you used to do this with Excel sheets. So this is going to be a little more um, (laughs) this is going to be a little more sophisticated.
1: Yeah. Well, I started out matching people with Excel sheets um, in the very beginning because I'm not a developer. Right. And so when I had no team, that is what I was doing. I was helping people with Excel sheets in our group to match with each other location wise. And that was a big mess because it's just, I think it was 300 people and I was just ending up two days matching people. So that didn't work. But it's also good because that way I met my co-founder, Sebastian, who is a developer and is able to help out. And yeah, so what we do is we, we keep it open. So if you want to match with people location wise, um, want to see who is around you, you can do- totally do that. But if you just want to look for the world and see who who are people currently and you know, then you can just browse through the world really and see where people are. If you have specific travel ideas where you want to go in the future, you can add that in the app and be matched by people who are as well going to be in that area at that time. So what we're trying to do with this is really to help people meeting offline and to make uh, you know to to open their eyes, open their minds, seeing who's around me and have them meeting.
0: Tell me a story about some people that you know that they've met through uh, Nomad Soulmates.
1: I always go with one of the stories, like from, for example, with uh, my my co-founder Sebastian. He met his wife through us um, when we were beta testing our online speed dating tool, and so that's like another thing we do. We create online speed dating events, and that was one way the two of them met uh, online, and they ended up meeting in Bansko because she was. In, yeah, she was in Bansko. He was in Sofia, which is both in Bulgaria. And so they decided to meet up and then started traveling a little bit for Europe, I believe. And yeah, fell in love and now they were husband and wife since a year.
0: When people think about travel, and they think of romance and you think about the movies. There's this quality, this romantic quality to this leading international romance. But just like the movies, you don't accidentally follow and meet people that way. So. If you're looking and find somebody that you're interested in, do you have people that I'm going to go to this country because I'm interested in this person? Or do they try to meet halfway? Or or how does that work?
1: Oh, we definitely had this before that people met up online and then they decided to fly over and actually meet them in person. We definitely had those before. I think it's very interesting. uh, We also have one couple that came out of it that way which is very cool. And I believe this just, again, when you have the flexibility and the freedom to do that, this is amazing because now we're talking about love, beyond borders. <laughs> and this is, it's just nice to bring nationalities together that way. If you have the opportunity to do that, absolutely it's possible.
0: Now, the world changed in the last 18 months, and for some people, I I bet you it didn't change at all for a lot of these folks that were going through this. But at the same time, for a lot of us that stayed at home, a lot of people would would look at this or listen to this podcast and think, oh, that's quaint. That's nice. It's not for me. But now we have people that have worked from home, understand how to do that. Uh, I found maybe that, oh my gosh, my job can be done this way. Have you expected or seen that there's been an influx of people that are interested in doing this or have started doing this even during as we're kind of in these middle days of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I have. I mean, personally for my family, I know that things have shifted in many ways. And also from the community, we see a lot more people who are aspiring nomads or have a remote job and now want to start looking into becoming, you know, seeing the world and, and travel more. So my dad, for example, he has always made a little bit fun of me and my my parents in general, where they really questioned what I was doing in traveling. And so now he's sitting himself downstairs in, in his room and he was like, actually, I could do this also from nicer places but now as I'm working remotely with my <laughs> companies. So he's like, yeah, see that? I told you. <laughs> so yeah, personally, I, I know that my friends and family are now understanding that it's actually a possibility that can open your mind. You can discover new things about yourself when you allow this to happen. And it's easier than ever now, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I mean, part of me thinks that again, as, as vaccines roll out, as people get more comfortable, as, as, as countries get better and more safe, that more and more people will try this. Do you think, um, places that are vacation destinations like Hawaii, you're kind of rethinking how they look at tourism and other things, uh, like that. I'm curious if you've seen or, or wonder places that are big areas for nomads that There will be uh, some changes that because more and more people will do this, there'll be more demand for maybe Internet in Bali or areas where people work remotely. I'm just kind of curious if there's anything that you've heard about in that time just to see what the future might bring.
1: I mean, I hear a lot now about what Gonzalo is doing with the Nomad Village in Madeira, for example. We are quite close with him, and I think it's pretty amazing that he starts going into places that are, for example, have been, from the get-go, kind of great places to create Nomad Villages so Nomads can come in and help the industry to be more like little villages that before have maybe not had so much traffic. And now they're benefiting from nomads going there, being in their cafes, using workspaces. And so the villages, for example, are now they're creating jobs opportunities. And I, I think this is amazing because nomads, they like to explore new places. I, I believe or I, for myself, I know that. And uh, even in Bali, Bali is changing a lot. It's an island of change, I would say. Every year something else pops up. Uh, it's different. I'm here now for four years. And in the beginning, I was always part of um, Dojo, which is a co-working space. And now it's over. I think in they were the only one. And now it's at least maybe 10, 15 co-working spaces there. It's just crazy how things pop up and how this is becoming more and more normal. Talking about... Nomad visas and all that. So yeah, definitely.
0: And that's and that's great that, that people have been able to work on that and improve that nature for other folks and I assume their own business of people to do it. Now you use the term nomad village. I'm I'm curious. I picture that there is an area that's just for nomads, or is it a, a public space that anyone can use? And you just call it a village. I, I, it's it's a curious term.
1: As far as I understand it, is that. They want to support the locals who live there in those villages, and it's not just nomads. It's of course, I you can I assume you can go there and and live and visit, you know. But it's just that there's a higher population of nomads who come together community wise, and locals are supported.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things that anyone who has worked, you know, I've been at my house for the last what 450 some days now. So I think everyone has kind of gone through that area of yes, I could do this maybe anywhere and to have that nice location again like your dad. I think that's one of the more beautiful silver linings of the pandemic stories I've heard is what your dad's kind of rethinking is that there's different spaces for that.
1: Can I ask you I was I'm just curious how is it for you guys like have you always been remote working and have how has that affected Things change for you guys, or have you seen it in at Microsoft in the companies?
0: Sure. I mean, there's a good amount of folks that have been kind of remote, but the bulk of folks, I'm in the main campus in Redmond. Uh, I want to say it's about 45,000 people, most of which commute. There were some groups that would maybe would take a day here. My group, it was like, if you need a day, you could definitely, but most on a regular basis wasn't. Some groups were, some groups weren't. But that's changed, of course. And then also we've just kind of, uh, our group has expanded. So this whole thing of this hybrid work where some people will be remote, some people will be back at the office at some point. I won't be until at least the fall. Like uh, 20% of our group will be in Atlanta across the country. So already there's this hybrid we won't all be in the same office any time. So it's, I think it expands that thought of where we wants to be. And, and quite frankly, I mean, even our CEO, Satya Nadell, has come out and talked about we need to figure out hybrid work so we can show the world because we have those tools that people can use. So it's definitely something that is altered at this point that has opened things up. And I think, again, people that would hear something like what we're talking about a year and a half ago, or two years ago, might think that's some fantasy. I think it's more of a of a reality for a lot of folks now, or something that's more attainable that they can think about doing that and and define some of those things, including finding re- friends and relationships along the way. I, I know it's, it's an important part of that. So to see what Nomad Soulmates can do for a lot of folks, and I assume you're talking everyone from People like yourself that got on the road at 18, 19, um, all the way to people that are in their 50s and 60s. It was, is that correct or is it mostly? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, 100%. We are we want to include everybody. Uh, we want to really support our age ranges, all colors. Because here's the thing. We are now in a world that is so diverse and so in, like you know, when you, again, talking about love, be borders, there's really no way how we could ever or want to exclude anybody. So we want to include the LGBT community and make it easy for them as well, for example, to meet. But from the technical standpoint, it's a bit more trickier. And when we launch, we want to have the ability there for them to as well meet each other, because for them, it's even harder they have um, certain needs and their community is generally smaller and so when we are opening up to the world this is very important to me that we're uh, inclusive from age to relationship status so yeah we hope to accomplish that it's a a big mission but we hope to accomplish that
0: (laughs) wonderful the fact that it's baked into how you want to do the company is just fabulous. I, I read something in one of your articles that you said, uh, the universe has always had my back and it will in the future. I simply trust that. Uh, I got to think where you've done with being a digital nomad and starting Nomad Soulmates, that something like optimism is a, is a wonderful tool to have in your tool belt.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, it's always how it's something that traveling teach me and, of course there's always times where I also worry and where things go like you always have those times where it's, you're challenged but then I feel like this year has been really rough um and I see the biggest opportunities always come from the harder challenges that because they make you grow and if you accept them and with optimism it always was a tool for me to See the other side too, because there's always negative and positive and so you just need to look <laughs> you know just need to be open for opportunities and traveling teach me that traveling really teach me that when you know your motorbike gets broke and then you're in the middle of nowhere and then suddenly there's someone coming from the street helping you a complete stranger like you know those situations they give you evidence that in the end, everything works out. And this is exactly, this is my concept for everything now.
0: From one optimist to another, I, I, I certainly appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Aline uh, Dalman is the co-founder of Nomad Soulmates, a uh, community for single digital nomads to find friends and romantic partners. You can find them online. An app will be coming out soon. Um, Aline, thank you so much for talking to us on Remote Space.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to hear
1: more stories and lessons learned from those working in the remote space.